Welcome to the Introverted Doctor Podcast, dedicated to uncovering myths, mistakes, and misconceptions that hold healthcare professionals back from having better interpersonal relationships with their patients and colleagues. In each episode, we focus on different aspects of a doctor's and other allied healthcare professional's life, such as communication techniques, mindset, routines, habits, and behaviors, with the goal to show how to eliminate anxiety, trip-ups, and unwelcomed results that comes from ineffective communications. I'll reveal research routines and we'll have some amazing guests in future podcasts that will help shine light on a particular topic. At the end of this podcast, I'll summarize the key tips so that you can apply or reapply them right away to start living your best life at work, home, and play. To subscribe to this podcast, please click on the link below or download it on your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'm your host, Dr. Lalit Chavla. Take a listen and join me. Hi, I hope you're having a great day. I'm Dr. Lalit Chavla, and today I want to share with you a concept that I had a good friend of mine, Anthony Cheem, taught me. And I was so glad that I knew this information, especially when this couple came in to see me. They were both in their 60s, who had been married for over 40 years, and they were thinking of separating. They were both civil and kind enough to each other, but felt they needed to divorce each other because neither of them felt they loved each other anymore. I didn't expect to hear this from them because for all the years I knew them, they seemed like a lovely couple that got along well. Now, this scenario of couples not loving one another because they feel they've grown apart is not new and happens quite often. Depending on where and what age, court, age cohort you're dealing with, about 40 to 60% of couples are getting divorced, and there is a rise of older couples who are getting divorced. Now, I'll tell you what happened with them and the interesting details soon enough, but in order to understand that and why they really didn't love each other, it's important to understand the concept of love languages. Specifically, I'm referring to the work of Dr. Gary Chapman, who wrote the book, The Five Love Languages. This is a powerful information, not only to help couples or individuals that you come into contact with in the clinic, but it's also invaluable in our own personal lives and how we deal with our loved ones. I know personally speaking, I learned so much from the concept from Dr. Chapman's work And this podcast is worth listening to right to the very end because in my experience, not too many people I've come across have heard about this concept and yet it makes all the difference in how well a couple will get along and and in many cases, even if they'll stay together. So in Dr. Gary Chapman's book, he talks about the importance of language. You know as well as I do, if you're trying to communicate to a person who has a language different than yours, it can be very challenging. You can get frustrated uh, with so many things getting lost in the communication process. Sometimes even when people speak the same language, they have misunderstandings. And there are many types of languages, but there are also languages in the way that we may not typically think of. 
verbal language, body language, love and connection also has a language of its own. Not something I had necessarily thought about until I came across the concept of the five love languages. A quick comment about the word love. Having love and connection is a fundamental human need that we all need. It's a known fact that babies, children need love to flourish. Babies that don't get love will die or not develop properly. Love or human connection is important to people's emotional well-being. If your health account is filled with meaningful connections, you will thrive and be healthy, and it's that simple. Dr. Chapman explains that in the beginning of a relationship, there is that honeymoon phase, honeymoon phase where a couple is in love, like the obsessive romantic kind that clouds their judgment, and they may not be making wise decisions. Psychologist Dorothy Tenov studied hundreds of couples, and the average time that couples whose relationship was centered around romance lasted merely two years. And the reason this occurs is because the novelty of romance wears off and the reality of life sets in. If neither individual is paying attention to one, another, one another's emotional needs, then things break down in that relationship. And if any relationship is to last, both individuals have to learn to understand one another, and there's a certain a level of compromise and adjustments that are made. And frankly, how to communicate emotionally and effectively is something that is not taught very well. We don't learn it in, our, in school, and most of us learn whatever we've seen from our parents or caregivers, and they are not always the best role models either. So let's talk about the five love languages. We all express and receive love in different ways, and Dr. Chapman says those five love languages, uh, like most couples, differ in the way they are giving and receiving love. I'll run through the five love languages and I'll tell you how you can figure out your own. I'll also tell you what happened with the couple too and why they were falling apart. So here are the five love languages. The first one, words of affirmation. This is where you give your partner a compliment, praise or words of encouragement. You don't have to be elaborate with the words either. Small things such as, you look nice in that jacket, or I really like how you handled that situation. Thank you for taking out the garbage. You were very thoughtful in the way you did that, dot, 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 dot. In my experience, dealing with couples, men or the masculine energy, if you will, love it when their partner gives them words of affirmation. Too many, too often men don't hear this and they are too shy or believe they shouldn't be asking for praise. And it's kind of difficult for men to ask for that. A few patients of mine who have said that they've noticed a, they've noticed a huge difference when they thank their partner and about doing something and stop complaining or nagging them to do something. So just that shift in the way they were asking changed everything. Men like to know that they're doing something well and keeping their partner happy. Now, this is a bit of a generalization, but quite true if you look at the work done by John Gray, who wrote the famous book, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. But I'm digressing a bit. The second love language, spending quality time. 
giving undivided attention to your partner. I can tell you this was something I was very poor at doing with my wife. I think we were spending time together when we were in the same space and I was working on the computer or reading something, but the reality was I wasn't giving her my full attention. I've learned that for my wife, that this is her primary love language. And I didn't know that. You know, I would buy her gifts or flowers, and while she liked them, it didn't even compare to the way it made her feel if I just simply spent time with her and gave her my full presence. And frankly, it was a bit cheaper too, so I was thankful for that, but uh, I digress again a little bit. Uh, Just kidding. Uh, But spending quality time can, you know, doing something that both partners want to do is very important, especially if that's your partner's love language. And spending quality time means just that. Quality without phones, without distractions, uh, being and just being there with the individual. This can become harder in, in our fast-paced world where we're, we have so many things to do and so many things are moving so rapidly and we're multitasking many things and we just don't we're just trying to fit everything in but really we need to spend time with the people in our lives uh, and that is to foster the nurturing relationships we have with our partner our family and friends the next love language is receiving gifts and this doesn't mean it has to be expensive if this is your love language you feel special that someone took the time to make or get you something The gift is really a symbol of love. The reason uh, people who have this love language, they they have this is because they feel that that item reminds reminds them of that person or that situation. One way to know what your partner likes is to keep track of the things you or or other people have given to him or her in the past. You'll also know if this is your partner's love language if they cherish items or things made made for them more than the average person, can you think of someone, you know, whether it's your partner or not, that really enjoys gifts or cards that people have given to them? They really keep good care of them. They keep the birthday cards forever. Now, if this is not your per, your partner's love language, this doesn't mean you should forget about your partner's birthday, Valentine's Day, or anniversary. You know, you, you know, you, those are still important things to maintain the relationship. So, again, I digress a little bit, but so that was that language, gift, the gift of giving. The next language is acts of service. Examples of this include helping out around the house, bringing groceries in, taking out the garbage, watching the kids. But this is not something you would or should demand from your partner if that's your way of receiving love and connecting, because that's not really effective. This actually is my love language. So, for instance, when my wife makes me tea or my kids do something that I've asked them to do and I just ask them once, then I know that I feel cared for. I remember my grandmother and my mother always made me chai. And uh, whenever I asked them, I would only take one or two sips of it, and I really wouldn't drink the whole the whole cup. And they would get upset because they would go to such efforts to make me chai Indian tea, 
but I hardly drank it. Uh, but I think at a subconscious level, I felt that I knew that they loved me enough to do this. And I felt that they cared enough to go through that whole process and keep, you know, bringing me that, that nice warm cup of tea. And I, I really felt that level of connection with them. The next love language is physical touch. Appropriate mutual physical touch. Holding hands, embracing, kissing, other forms of mutual intimacy. This love language helps a person literally feel they are wanted. Dr. Chapman even gives some good advice to couples that may be physically distant uh, due to work or they can't connect with, with each other. So he suggests you know, wearing an article of clothing or a photo that connects them. If this is your partner's form of connection, remember that they really dictate the level of touch that's acceptable and pleasurable. And physical abuse is always inappropriate. A good mnemonic I use to help me remember this is the word TASTE, T-A-S-T-E. T for time, A for appreciation, S, service, acts of service, T for touch, and E, expend gifts. Not ideal, but not the worst either uh, for that acronym. So how do you know which one is your love language? The key is to ask some Good questions. Ask yourself what you would like from your partner. What makes you feel good? What has made you feel special in the past? What makes you feel loved when your partner intentionally or unintentionally expresses the way they care for you? The reverse is also true. Think about, think about the things that bother you or hurt you. Does negative words or nagging really drive you crazy? If they don't give you a gift, does that make you sad? Do you wish your partner would spend more time with you? Also, take a look at your childhood and see how your parents expressed or didn't express their love to you. What did they do that you always remembered fondly and what would you have liked them to do more of? You know, did you want them to spend more time with you, give you a hug or give you more words of praise? Take a moment to write them down and think about this carefully. Even stop right now to what about uh, this podcast and just take a moment and say, what love language is mine and what would my partner's love language be? Take a moment. So again, ask yourself and note your love language and what your partner's love language is and then try to implement those strategies. So let's go back to the elderly couple. When I talked to the husband, and I asked him, you know, why don't you feel loved when she right now says she does care for you? And he said, well, you know, she never says it. It it would be nice to hear it, but I can't remember the last time she said that she loved me. And she retaliated. Really? Do you need that? I thought you'd be too macho for that kind of stuff. And with further exploration, she also admitted that the word love was something she had grown, she hadn't hadn't really experienced when she was growing up and um, felt very uncomfortable for her to say. She didn't have trouble telling her kids, but 
anybody else. It was very uncomfortable for her. She further added that uh, she felt that he never loved her. And he, too, was surprised. He, he said, you know, I can't believe you're saying that. I said, I love you all the time. I said at least three or four times a day, which she didn't really dispute. He, by the way, was expressing the love language that he wanted to hear himself. And usually we do that. He didn't realize that he needed to speak a different love language with, with, language with her. He needed to speak her language of love, which was actually to receive gifts, and not his language, which was actually words of affirmation. And this is a very common mistake that couples make. Often we use the love language that we would want for ourselves as the primary form of communicating with others. It's like speaking French to a person who can only understand Mandarin. You're just not going to get very far if you're not speaking their love language. It may make you feel comfortable, but you're not going to get anywhere. I then explained to the couple about Dr. Chapman's five love languages, and she identified that she liked to receive gifts. She said that was one of the things that made her fall in love with her husband of 40 years. So he learned that he needed to be doing those things more often again. She admitted she was a quiet individual and needed to be more expressive to him. So she practiced saying things like, you know, you mean so much to me, or I really care for you. She said she needed practice saying the words, I love you, because this was very uncomfortable for her. Her family uh, never really said that when she was growing up. So afterwards, they now knew one another's love language. They then, they then took tangible approaches and made an action plan to make sure they carried out these actions. The reality was that they both loved each other, but neither of them were receiving love in the way they felt was significant for them. And that's an important step in any learning. And that is, and that is really to create an action plan that is doable. So she said, she would say, it's great to be with you, or I love you in the morning and at night. If there was any more time she said it during the day, then it was just a bonus. The husband said he would make a list of gifts and crafty ideas and start surprising with her with that on Wednesday and Friday and Saturday. He said he would also help around the house uh, more and also take out the garbage and doing the dishes so she could have the gift of quiet time, which she really needed to recharge herself. He admitted he'd be too intrusive with her in her personal space, and she really was more of an introvert, and he needed to respect that. They then would report to me in a month or so, and I'm happy to say they kept up that practice, and as far as I know, they are still together. So the big take-home point here is that there are many languages and love has a language of its own. Thankfully, there are only five of them, so start speaking to your loved one in a, an emotional language that they can understand. Otherwise, your relationship will crumble. And in my opinion, fostering and nurturing good quality relationships is really the purpose of our lives. And the better we get at it, the more we will benefit in all, in all, the all areas of our lives, whether it's at work or at play. 
Thank you so much for listening. Here is the summary of the podcast. As there are languages in the world of conversation, there is an emotional language of love and connection called love languages. Healthy relationships continue when both partners know what type of love language their partner has and how to speak that language. There are five, five main languages, as outlined by Dr. Gary Chapman in his book. T stands for spending quality time with your partner. A, expressing words of appreciation or affection. S, acts of service. T, touch, appropriate and mutual physical touch. And E, expending gifts. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Number four, once you know your partner's love language, you need to make sure you act on it. Schedule it, send yourself a reminder, create date nights, think think of uh, daily things that your partner needs. Relationships don't end overnight. They take time. So does nurturing and growing a relationship. I hope this podcast served you in some way. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please share with a friend or colleague and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And please don't forget to leave a rating. I know it seems like a small thing, but it really makes a difference in terms of helping others find this podcast. I'm Dr. Lalit Chavla, and thank you so much for listening. Let's together make a greater, more effective community and inspire people to live with greater harmony, joy, and magic in their lives. Tell me what you liked about this podcast and what you'd like to hear in future episodes. Have a super day. Take care.